America. Welcome in, family. It is game day, so we got to get things rolling. Chiefs, Bucks this weekend. Who needs to win more, Brady or Patrick Mahomes? He's coming off an ugly loss. But Jalen Hurts, he's 3-0. Tua Tungavailoa, he's 3-0. Which quarterback would you rather build around? I cannot wait to get to that. But how about Devontae Adams? He left a great quarterback in his own right, but he has been struggling. Do you feel sorry for him and all $141 million in his bank account? We'll talk about that. Welcome to Speak. I'm Emmanuel Lacho. That's Dave Hellman. Joy Taylor, Eagles all-time Russian leader, Shady, LaShawn, McCoy. But we got to talk about tonight's game because that's the game that all eyes are on. Tua, Joe Burrow, it's part three. Now remember, America, this is the trilogy. They met in 2018. Joe Burrow was at LSU, Tua was at Alabama. Tua gave him that work. It was easy, all eyes were on him. Then they met again in 2019. It was a different story. Joe Burrow said, not so fast, young man. However, it was still Tua time. Until a week later, Tua dislocates his hip, carted off the field, and everything changes after that. Joe Burrow said, bump Tua time. You on my watch now, kid. He wins a Heisman, the number one overall pick, wins a national championship, goes to the Super Bowl last year as an AFC champion. So welcome to part three. Tua. Joe. Tua's undefeated. 3-0 on the season. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow, he already got two losses. But Tua, he was benched previously. For Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua's on his second coach. The turmoil between the two greats, the two top five picks from three years ago, it is as palpable as ever. And I cannot wait to watch. But I also can't wait to get to the desk and ask this question of you, LaShawn McCoy. Who needs a win more? It's the trilogy. Joe Burrow, Tua, first time in the NFL. Who needs it more, Tua or Joe Burrow? That's an easy one. I mean, that's, is that even a question? It's Joe Burrow. This is not college, right? This, this, not. Is, this is not last year. It's not. This is the new tour. The tour that is second in passing yards and third in touchdown. This is the same tour that's 3-0. and I would say the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And second is the Dolphins. This is the same tour that his team has beat the Bills, who everybody has favored as the, the you know, Josh Allen's the MVP and mm-hmm. the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So it has to be Joe Burrow. The only team they beat is what? They beat Jets. the Jets? <laughs> come on. We all have our own opinion about the Jets. So come on, man. Ask a better question, brother. <laughs> uh, Joy, where do you stand? Uh, I agree. I think it does have to be Burrow. Tua is, I love the Eagle, Eagles, obviously, as well. But I think the Dolphins are the best team in the league right now. Not angry if you disagree. But he's got to beat this team. They're 3-0. and And they are struggling coming back off of a Super Bowl trip. So this this game to me would prove that maybe we were reacting a little bit too much to Burrow and the Bengals struggling. Mm-hmm. I can't react just like Shady said to a win over the Jets with a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's not a big win. That's a that's a win you should get. To me that this win would prove that Maybe just maybe the hangover was like one too many, not twelve too many. <laughs> not, like, not like a Mardi Gras hangover, like a normal uh, you know, night out in New Orleans hangover. And now that they've course corrected, this would be a big win for the Bengals. It'd be a big win for Burrow. He's a guy that we hold in a different class right now because he just went to a Super Bowl. So this is a, a, a win they have to get. Dave, you ever had a Mardi Gras hangover? Have I ever had I'm one? Just... <laughs> have you? Have you? Quite a few. Have you ever had an Essence Fest hangover? Absolutely. Yeah. You I'm know he loves Essence Fest. I, I'm, I'm down there for all that stuff. Yes. The answer is yes. I'm not ready to call it a hangover for Joe Burrow, but he's the one that needs the win. And for the record, I don't care what Shady says. We can revisit Joe Burrow's LSU career on this show <laughs> whenever you want to do it. I'm down. I don't care. But Joe needs Joe needs the win more. And look, like. LSU was great. The Super Bowl was great. I'm not interested in writing legacies in week four. Yep. Joe needs the win because the Bengals have never made the playoffs when they've started one and three. Mm. Who has already beaten Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen? Like, is beating Joe going to be this crazy statement that he hasn't already made? I don't think so. So, let me hear me out on this. Um, I want to say it is. You beat Lamar Jackson. You beat Josh Allen. I am a big believer in the rules of three. If you watch me on the show, everything I do is threes. I'll tease three topics. I'll ask three questions. I love the rules of threes. If you beat Lamar, that's a big check. We all saw that. That's a big one. Six passing touchdowns ties Dan Dan Marino's record. You beat Josh Allen. That's a big one. You can score Josh Allen. That's even bigger. Okay. If you stamp another big win over Joe Burrow, yo, think how many top-flight quarterbacks that is beating. Like, that's as much as we love Jalen Hurts. We love him. Y'all talk about him. You might love him the most. That's three wins over quarterbacks that Jalen Hurts hasn't thought of beating. 
Those are wins that a guy like Justin Herbert hasn't necessarily thought of beating. Those are wins that even Joe Burrow hasn't been able to cumulatively rack up like that. You tell me all the time, and I can't disagree with you, Joe Burrow's playoff wins last year weren't anything to really marvel over. So I think that this win is more important for Tua than Burrow because it would usher Tua into a headspace that he is yet to be given. We haven't given Tua the respect we gave Herbert. We haven't given Tua the respect we gave Burrow. I think if you knock out Allen, Lamar, Burrow, week after week after week, I don't think anybody can still disrespect you. Okay, but you're, you're not wrong. This would be huge for the Dolphins, and I, I said it earlier this week. If the Dolphins pull this off, it carries a lot of weight for me because everybody knows the Bills are they're coming into Miami. They're the top dog. That's a big game. There's a letdown factor here, even knowing that it's Joe Burrow. If the Dolphins can pull this off, it says a lot. But even if they don't, Joy, like what, what, what happens? Oh, you went on the road in a short week and now you're three and one? Who yeah, cares? There's much more on the line. All the pressure in this game tonight is on the Bengals. Absolutely. By all accounts, the Dolphins should lose this game. They're not favored to, to win the game. Right. But the Bengals are favored by three and a half, according to Fox Bet. So they're coming in underdogs. They're on a short week. The defense was on the field for over 40 minutes. And even though you might play in heat every single day, a game like that in the Miami Heat, even Ugh. if you do have the shaded side of the stadium, will wear you out. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a game that the Dolphins, by all accounts, should win. The Bengals should win this game. And when they win, when you win games that you should win, that means that you're back on track. So I'm not going to think less of the Dolphins if they lose this game. They shouldn't win this game. Now, I think they will win the game. But this is on the Bengals to handle their business at home with the Dolphins on a short week. Shady, let me zoom in from the macro to the micro. Let's focus in for a second on the man Tua. Okay. What running backs were drafted ahead of you? Beanie Wells. Yep. um, No Sean Marino. Yep. And Donald Brown. How long ago were you drafted? Did you know I knew that? No, I didn't. I had no idea. (laughs) Now, my next question is, how long ago were you drafted? Let's paint this picture. Uh, 2009. You were drafted in 2009. It's been 13, 14 years. I won't ask you to do the math. I've left. <laughs> uh, you were drafted wow. in 09. It's been 13 years, and you still remember who was drafted ahead of you. Yeah. Why? That's just something all players know. Like, a lot of the players can, can do that. You've seen segments of, like, Draymond Green and mm-hmm. other players. You just something you remember. When you went The up, difference is I was, like, better than dudes from the jump. When you so, went up against <laughs> the likes of Beanie Wells, Sean Moreno, et cetera, did you have a little something extra to prove? Yeah. No, nah, you're, you're right. I, I, I see where you're going with this. I think the only difference is, like, football is year-by-year year basis, mm-hmm. right? So, now, granted, Joe Burrow, who, jo- Joe, or, um, who Joey loves so much, he jumped off the street early, jumped off the porch, boom, I'm here. Super Bowl, second year, wow. But that's last year. Mm-hmm. That's last year. The only quarterback he's ever beat so far this year, I don't even know his name, Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco. I don't want to hate on him. I was trying to just be funny. <laughs> but, look, but listen, so that's, that's one guy. He's older. He's Joe. He's not the same. Where you're talking about two is beating Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, MVPs, and future MVPs. So it's, it's year-to-year basis. So I, I get what you're trying to go with this. But if I was in my third year and I was at the level I was playing at, I wouldn't care what no Sean Marino was doing. He got picked the 12th pick or, or Donald Brown with the Colts were playing with Peyton Manning. It, it wouldn't matter because I'm doing better than they are on the field. Got you. So you did not care because you got to a place of being better than them. Right now, Tua's better than him right now. Okay, now right me, now he is. Let me come to you, Joy and Dave, because I don't full, right now Tua's playing better than Joe Burrow. Right now. But I can't say right now that Tua is better than Joe Burrow, right? I think there's a small differentiation. Ah. I hear you, though. I'm not mad at it. Let me come to you, Joy, for this. If Tua beats Joe Burrow, does that usher him into a higher class of quarterback than he mm. is in your mind right now? Like, does it, does it usher him into a different realm? I think it depends on how the game goes, but I don't. I'm not going to think less of Tua if they lose this game because of all the reasons that I said earlier. Like this isn't a game the Dolphins should be picked to win. Like mm-hmm. this is gonna. This is a hard task for the Dolphins. But if he wins, not if he loses, if he wins. But I, yes, it will. But I don't think less of him now. Anyway, I just think that Burrow is more accomplished. Like Tua is playing better than Joe Burrow. He's had to overcome just about as much as Joe Burrow has had to overcome. Mind you, we're not mentioning the fact Tua's also playing with a first-time head coach mm-hmm. in Miami mm, who came into yeah. a complete dumpster fire of a situation. Yep. We haven't been talking about it because he's not been around, but their owner is not allowed in the building. 
Like, the, oh, he right, came right, into right. a bad situation. I hadn't like, thought like, about that in yeah. a couple weeks. I know, yeah. it's been nice and quiet. <laughs> it's, <only> been <laughs> like, it's over now. But, like, the, he came into a dysfunctional situation. We talk so much about how bad Nathaniel Hackett has been. We even even mentioned what a great job Mike McDaniel is doing right now because Tua is playing so well and all the focus is on Tua. Rightfully so, he's mm-hmm. out there playing. But this is... This has been a rough battle for Tua as well. He's gone through a lot of changes. For clarity, owner Stephen Ross suspended through October 17th uh, as a result of the league's investigation violating the integrity of the game. Dave Hellman, I'm going to come to you for this. It might hurt your heart. But what Joyce said was that Joe Burrow's accomplished more than Tua. Nobody can dispute that. What Shady said is that Tua is playing better right now than Joe Burrow. Where do you stand on this pivotal matchup between two top five picks? For context, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, mm. forever. I think they were drafted in 04. Andy, yell at me, stat, if I'm wrong. For context, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, drafted in the same class. We still ask ourselves, what would have happened right. if Philip Rivers would have gone to the Giants yeah. and Eli would have stayed on the Chargers? Would the Giants have won those two Super Bowls? We always ask ourselves that question. Where do Tua and Joe Burrow stand right now in the head-to-head battle of greatness? Would you put Tua as more talented but Burrow as more accomplished, or is that crazy? I think based on everything we've seen, Joe has the edge right now in, I think, every category you can imagine. Tua is changing that. and Tua has more wins, I think. Playoffs trump all for me. And also, and Joe lost some of that season to injury. He lost some of his rookie year to injury. Wasn't benched, by the way. Uh, So, no, I think Joe (laughs) has the edge in every way imaginable. But Tua can start rewriting that now. And, like, like the the simplest way I can put it is this. In my head, I've I've got a list of, like, 10 quarterbacks that you think about when you think about who's the best. Like, obviously, Mahomes is at the top. Rodgers is there. Brady has his own little spot. And then you're thinking about Herbert and maybe Dak. Um, I'm I'm leaving people out. Dak, don't he's pretty high? Whoa. I think Dak Dak has earned his place in that conversation. I'm not saying he's at the top. The point is, Joe Burrow's part of that conversation. The point is, Tua is not part of it at all. You don't – Josh Allen. I forgot Josh Allen. Yeah. You don't think about Tua. Lamar Jackson. You never think about Tua in that conversation. Keep winning games like this. Beat Lamar, beat Josh, then beat Joe, get the Dolphins to 4-0. You're changing that conversation big time. a big, big time. part of Tua not being in that conversation is what I was just alluding to, which is we really don't talk about – I mean, I talk about it because I'm a fan of the team. But, <laughs> you know, it's not fun for everyone else to talk about. But you look at how Tua's – career has started in Miami. You mentioned Joe Burrow getting hurt. Like Tua also has hurt. dealt with yeah. injuries. He started they, they, they didn't start him at first. They started right. Ryan Fitzpatrick, then right. put him in, then sat him again for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Then he spent the second year up until the trade deadline answering questions about Deshaun Watson. Then why is the owner not there? Because they were trying to bring in Tom Brady and, mm-hmm. and having these meetings with Tom Brady. So unlike Joe Burrow, who has been the guy there from day one, sure. Tua has gone through all of these loops and these, these rumors and injuries and all these things up until this year. This is the year that it's finally his team, he's healthy, and they've put weapons around him. Shady, very quickly, why don't you think Tua gets the national respect that he deserves? Has he not earned it? Yeah, not, is not it his yet. Stature? Yeah, not yet. He, he hasn't earned it yet, but he is. I mean, if you watch him now, he's winning games, hard games, beating top competition with teams and quarterbacks. But I don't want you to pay too much attention on just this game if he doesn't win this game. I mean, it's a Thursday night game, and trust me, those are the hardest games to win. Talk about two. Yeah, on a a road, you've been hurt. The communication is something you work on through the whole week. Now you got to play Thursday, so your last day of preparation is Wednesday. So it's going to be a hard game for him already. I mean, guys don't really get healthy like myself. I wouldn't get healthy until about week or Wednesday going into Thursday. You know, so just keep in mind of that because that's a big – um, factor for this game. But so if he loses this game, Sunday night after but if he loses this game, don't don't get crazy, all right? <laughs> oh, he loses the game. I He's think, not the same. I don't, think Tua has, I don't think Tua has anything to lose. I think he has everything to gain that through this game. Yep, and that's why yep. I cannot wait to watch it. We will have more Tua coming up later. But first, two of the greatest quarterbacks in the game, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. But both of them oh. struggling this year. Remember, Mahomes and the Chiefs, they just lost to the Colts. Is the sky falling over there? And in Tampa, they lost to the Packers. A not very good Packers team who needs this win more and where are the question marks between the two teams that's next speed to the greatest of all time can't wait to 
What's up, family? The Chicago Bears, one of the biggest franchises, most storied franchises in the NFL, have been struggling, led by their second-year quarterback, Justin Fields, who also has been struggling. Justin Fields was asked about the struggles yesterday. Y'all got to hear this. Fields, speak up, baby. My response to that is really just, you know, get back to work and you know, keep working. Just learning from your mistakes, knowing that you're not going to be perfect and just, you know, moving on, you know, just correcting each and every mistake and, you know, just trying to be better in every aspect. He looks so over it. Like, we're four weeks into the season, and he looks like we're in week 14. Shady, what you feeling? Now, when I read the quotes, I was loving it. Like, I love he's a Nas. He hasn't been playing well. He can't wait to get out there and, get, and work harder, get better. But then when I watched the video, I don't like that video. It's like, man, you know, hey, I'm going to do better. No, brother, you're not playing well. Go into the field and practice harder. I don't like that. Go on the film and watch the 70 yards that you threw. How can you have 270 yards? I didn't like that video. Dave, I gotta make some calls. <laughs> Dave, you must have spent, I would guess, maybe over 500 times have you been in a, in a journalistic meeting after practice. Oh, sure. Have you over, probably over 500 times. What does that body language communicate to you as a reporter on the other side? Uh, that Justin Fields hates us and wants <laughs> to be anywhere but here, which, I mean, I, I get it. Like, look, that's, that's part of it, man, especially as the quarterback. You're gonna get those type of questions, guys have different ways they deal with it. Like, I mean, the, the guy that I've worked the most with is Dak, and when he's frustrated, he gets, like, defiant almost. He's, like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's begging somebody to, like, make him feel some type of way. So I get it, Justin Fields. Joy, you feel bad for Fields? You, like, Fields, you're learning. Oh, yeah, it comes I feel bad for Fields. Of course I feel bad for Fields. Wait, we are talking about the Chicago Bears, right? It ain't like he walked into the quarterback factory. Let's just keep it, let's keep it a buck for one second. Let's look at what he's playing with and let's evaluate where he is in his career. I'm with Shady. It wasn't the, it wasn't the best <laughs> attitude, but quarterback, you he said the right thing. He said the right you thing. You read it, you he liked did. it. Keep in mind, Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears have never had a 4,000 yard passer. Ever Ooh. in the history of the franchise. <laughs> Ever. He won't be like 1,500 this year. <laughs> oh my God. Can you stop? Can you stop? Can you give him some credit? Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Sorry. Okay, speaking of guys that have passed for not 4,000 yards, but 5,000 yards, one of only nine gentlemen in the history of the NFL to pass for 5,000 yards. How about Tom Brady? How about Patrick Mahomes facing off on Sunday? Now, this is a huge matchup, America. The Chiefs somehow lost to the Colts last week. The Bucks, yes, they were limited, but they still lost to a limited Packers team last week. Now, Tampa is favored, but by only one point at home, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. As I have seen the latest news, that game will still be played in Tampa. Thoughts and prayers going out to everyone, not just in that area, but also the entire Florida region as they deal with another tragic hurricane. Joy, coming to you. Both of these teams have grave question marks. Both of these teams have won Super Bowls in the last three years, of which Shady was a part of both. Crazy. We'll bling, talk about bling, that. Bling, bling. <laughs> um, Thanks, but, Pat and Tom, first of all. <laughs> but, Joy, which team has bigger question marks? Uh, I think the Bucks do. Obviously, their defense is playing amazing. They've, they're allowing nine points per game this season, which has really kept them afloat when you look at how things have been going on the offensive side of the ball. They rank first in the NFL. So the defense is playing unbelievable. There are still some questions about how this offense is going to work. Now, granted, they were missing a lot of pieces. Obviously, Mike Evans isn't out there. So I think once they get healthy, we'll see the offense that we've seen in years past with the Bucs. I'm not doubting that they won't get it together. But right now, this is what it is. They're 22nd in points per game and 27th in total yards per game. Those are the numbers. What's kept them in these games is the defense. That game against Green Bay was basically unwatchable. That was the second half was unbearable. <laughs> so and now they did obviously make a make a you know drive at the end because that's what Tom Brady does. But right now this is about the Bucks. I have fewer questions about what the Chiefs are capable of because I've seen them and what their offense is able to do. The defense is holding it down right now. I got to see the Bucks' offense produce more. Shady, I joke, but let me not for a second underestimate or understate the fact that you were literally a part of a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Then next year, <laughs> a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Wild. Um, All the way around, but same thing. Same either, result. Either yeah. way, you got, yeah, your, right. you got your rings. Yeah. Um, you've been a part of the pinnacle of success with both of those teams, right. and clearly they are not the same offenses. I will not say that is because of Shady's absence, but it probably has something to do with it. <laughs> either way, they're not the same offenses. Which team gives you the bigger question marks, Chiefs or Bucks? I'm going to say Chiefs, and, and the reason why, like Joey just talked about 
the numbers for the Bucks, right? Now let's think about this. A Tom Brady team, and the worst part is the offense, right? That's a good thing because this is my thing is once they get those pieces back, Chris Godwin, right? Mike oh Evans, Julio Jones, and then a guy like um, 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 B, uh, Cole Beasley who just got there, imagine him getting a couple weeks under his belt, learning the offense. They're going to be rolling where the Chiefs, they don't really scare nobody no more, right? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and Tarby uh, Hill's gone, but you got, uh, Travis Kelsey, he's still there. You, the, the coach put their best cornerback, the best cornerback on Travis Kelsey. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, when you look at all the wide receivers, at the Chiefs being a, a, a dominant, scary offense, I don't see it. And that's the question mark. How can you guys play that dominant football like you did when you had Tyreek Hill? It's really interesting because – we think we have different opinions for the same reason. Like, I think it's the Bucs. I think the Bucs have more question marks because of what they don't have right now and what they're bringing back. Like, you, haven't, you didn't have Mike Evans for a game. Chris Godwin's still dealing with his injury. Julio Jones has been banged up. The offensive line is a whole different matter. Donovan Smith has been out way before any of this happened. All mm-hmm. the way back in August, you lost to Pro Bowl center and Ryan Jensen. You got a lot of moving parts, a lot of stuff to figure out. And what is, like, what's the most important thing when it comes to chemistry? Time on task, right? The Chiefs have all of these guys. They're getting to practice together. They're getting three days a week for Patrick Mahomes to learn these new receivers, to work with the running backs and the offensive line. The Bucs just don't have that right now. I think they will be fine in time, but that's a multi-week process of getting comfortable with everybody, whereas the Chiefs can go out to the practice field and work with all the guys they need to work with. I think that makes me feel better about where they're at right now. It's so interesting because we all have similar thoughts but different conclusions. I think the Chiefs have questions that have no answers, rhetorical questions, if you will. The Bucs have questions, but at least we can get their answers. Healthy. Right? Like, if the Bucs can get healthy, Mike Evans comes back, Chris Godwin comes back. At the left tackle, Donovan Smith, I believe he's coming back. They're all – they're all Slowly practicing back. Yep. some yeah. degree. Yep. If yeah. he can come back, those questions have answers. But with the Chiefs, I always am reminiscent of this. Tyreek Hill is gone. But if Tyreek Hill didn't exist, Patrick Mahomes would be different in the sense of, like, I don't know if y'all would have won that Super Bowl. You know better than I. But it was third and 15. Uh, Tyreek oh, Hill had to run yeah. a post-corner route yeah. in order for y'all to win that game. There is no more Tyreek Hill. So that question that the Chiefs have, and it really is just one question, what y'all going to do to replace Tyreek Hill, I don't think it has an answer. Like, Joy, I, I think about this. The Cowboys lost Amari Cooper, and we said to ourselves, man, this Cowboys offense taking a hit. Right. Packers lost Devontae Adams. We said to ourselves, man, yes. this Packers offense taking a hit. Right. The Cardinals lost DeAndre Hopkins. Man, this Cardinals offense taking a hit. But the Chiefs have lost Tyreek Hill, and for whatever reason, call it Patrick Mahomes, but the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, so I don't even know if we can call it Patrick Mahomes. They lost Tyreek Hill, and we're just kind of like, they, they should be all right. I'm just thinking, isn't there a bigger dilemma in Kansas City than we might be giving them credit for? Well, let's look at those other situations. First of all, I don't think that we're saying they're going to be all right. I think we all had questions about what this offense was going to look like without Tyreek Hill. What's the difference between Kansas City and the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers? Well, the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers ended their season the exact same way last year, so sure they did. have that in common. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is still in Kansas City. Quarterback. Travis Kelsey. Don't forget, don't forget that. And is, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yes, and Patrick Mahomes, of course. But I'm saying, like, they all, they all have their uh, franchise Dak quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yes, obviously Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are on a different level than Dak. But they all have their franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. They all had – functioning offenses last year. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they all lost big pieces. How are they going to look? Well, when you look at Kansas City, in contrast to those other two teams, Kansas City has postseason success. Mm -hmm. They did last year. Obviously, they didn't go as far as they wanted to. They have postseason success. Andy Reid is still there. Travis Kelsey is still there, amongst a bunch of other pieces as well. So when I worry about how explosive they're going to be, that's my concern. It's not whether or not they're still going to be able to put up points, because they are. They put up 44 against the Cardinals, 27 against the Chargers, and the Colts' loss was obviously bad, but it was mistake after mistake. Mistake after mistake mm-hmm. after mistake. If you're just a functioning team, which the Colts were, they just stayed alive. They won right. the game. If they didn't get that that ridiculous penalty on Chris Jones, they still would have lost. But, but, so I think you have to have the perspective of while they lost the explosive element of Tyreek Hill, they are still a good offense. I, I just want to say this real quick because she made a great point. The only thing is with that offense of being explosive, that's what Andy Reid's been his whole career. Mm-hmm. All about explosion, speed and explosion. And when I watch him, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I don't see them, them deep posts. I don't see them go balls. I don't see it at all. I, some of the games that I, I did watch, even with the with Chargers game, was like field position was is a lot different than normal, right? But as far as making plays. Let me ask you this. 
When will it? When? Because you make a great point, Andy Reid, and you have to you have to educate me prior to '09. Okay, let's do it. But there was Deshaun Jackson. Woo. Then there was Jeremy Macklin. Then there was Lashawn McCoy. Right. Then there was Ty. I mean, Andy Reid. It was never a Patrick Holmes, but I get what you're going. But like he had <laughs> explosive yeah. weapons. When will it hurt the Chiefs? Because to Joy's point, it didn't hurt them week one when they put up 50 against the Cardinals. Yeah. It didn't really hurt them week two when they put up 28 Seven. against 27 against the Chargers. It's 44 and 27. When's it going to catch I, up to them? I just think from watching that team play and being there, and when I see them going against different opponents, like teams are, are they are scared of Chiefs offense, right? You see a safety 30, 35 yeah. yards deep. I've never seen and back I've never, I've never seen nothing like that. So now when I watch teams put their best cornerback on the tight end. It's like, hold on, something don't look right here. So going forward, I just think playing with, with better competition teams, I, I don't see them guys put up the type of points. But wouldn't this game be a great it would gauge be. for that? It would the, be. It's going up against the team that is allowing the fewest points for mm-hmm. per game, mm-hmm. the defense allowing the fewest points per game. I just think because Tyree Hill, tore, he tore us up. When we played him in a regular season before we won the championship, he tore us up. Aaron. Whatever the numbers are, Andy, but he was going crazy. <laughs> I just think you have to get comfortable with the idea that the Chiefs are going to look different this year. That's And, yeah, they're not as explosive. They can still be really efficient. 44 points, I believe Pat threw five touchdowns crazy. to, like, but five different he, receivers. He's perfect right now. Though. He's Patrick Mahomes. Like, and yeah. that's – I have faith in a quarterback of that caliber at the end of the day. There's weapons there. It's not as good as Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey, my dude. Who Come else? on. But that's on, the problem. On. And that's, that's it. Patrick. I watched Juju get strapped up. Y'all seen this. Juju got strapped up crazy. Scalin got strapped up crazy. Hartman as, is the gadget guy. As that's time it. goes on, don't you have faith in Patrick Mahomes to elevate those guys? Patrick. That's why he's Patrick so Mahomes. Let me ask you, let me ask you this, because this is a question I have. Not even a question. Shady, let me come to you. Eventually, you're going to need dudes. Like, like, like we saw last year in the playoffs, Stephon Diggs was a dude. Mm-hmm. Then Gabriel Davis for the Bills right. became a dude. Jamar Chase um, was a dude. He's a dude. Uh, dude on the right. NFC East, Debo Samuel against the Cowboys. That was the reason that the Niners won the game. Right. Debo on that handoff stretch right, dude. Eventually, you need dudes to right. make plays. You're right. How far can the Chiefs go in your mind without a dude outside of Kelsey? And even Kelsey, he's not as explosive anymore. So how far can the Chiefs go without just a bona fide dude? Can they still go all the way? See, that's my question. I don't see them going all the way because of that. Them reasons. Like, playoff time is, is, is game time, right? Win or go home. And I don't see having no other weapons. Once you take away Kelsey, you're dependent on Juju Schuster? Smith. Give me, or, I mean, to him. Give me till January. The guy that had no catches, that like, guy. I, the, I, and I get it. Tyreek Hill was part of those teams, but the Chiefs have been there every year since 2018. I'm not ready to, right. in September, say they, they don't have it anymore. Dave, let me no, come to you, I'm though. not doing that. Let me, let me do this, because you are a NFL historian. When you think back of previous Super Bowl champions, wouldn't you say that the Chiefs might have the least explosive or talented offensive skill player? If they were to go that far. Because last year, I think about the Rams. They had Cooper Cup. The year before, I think about the Bucks. They had Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, et cetera. The year before, and I might be out of order, I think about the Chiefs. They had Tyreek Hill. The year before, you go back to the Patriots. You have Gronk, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Don't you think that if the Chiefs were to do it, they would be doing something we at least haven't seen done in a mighty long time? Or, no. I think – I mean. Gronk, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, like, I think y'all are kind of shoveling some dirt on Travis Kelsey's grave. No, 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 well, I'm I mean, not saying I mean, they're going to – I mean, I picked I them to pick win them. the Super Bowl. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I, I, I did pick them to win. I don't, and I don't care. I do not care about the Chiefs' special teams and a dumb penalty by Chris Jones costing them one game in September. Talk, to me, was, talk to me in December. That penalty was weak anyway. It was so weak. <laughs> I just, when I watch the play, I don't see anybody else getting open. That's, my, that's what scares me. With the Chiefs, you, you get a lot of separation. I've never seen a team – from wide receivers and D-backs get so much separation. As the Chiefs. As the Chiefs. But if there's – I'm with you. I agree. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster have been amazing. I'm not trying – like, you know, I hate to say it about my LSU guy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't lived up to the hype of he's a first-round He's no good. I he's, like him. No, he's, he's, he's solid. I don't think – you can't he's say he's lived up to the hype. Yeah. yeah. But, A – 
you have all season to rectify that. Like, teams get better as seasons go along. That's the whole point. And B, if you got receivers who can't separate, Patrick Mahomes? Like, isn't that why That's you pay a Patrick for. Mahomes? I guess the que- yeah. question, if Ty, if Travis Kelsey is, is the goal. If he's double. Well, the question is, who's going to be the Edelman? That's my right? That's kind of If what he's double down. team, who else will get the ball? We don't, we don't know, know the know answer yet. to that right now. We don't now. know yet. Andy, you better save him. Patrick Mahomes, you better save him. Two of the top young quarterbacks in the game. Tua, Jalen Hurts, 3-0, both of them. Dolphins, Eagles, only undefeated teams in the league, and they are commanding them. Quarterbacks that are top three in passing yards, but also top three in overall balling right now, which got us thinking, who would you rather build around? They're both young. They're both talented. They're both ascending rapidly. Shady, I'm coming to you first. Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts, you got to build around one. They both killing it. No wrong answers, but who would you rather build around? I mean, I, I like Tua. I like Tua. It's Jalen Hurts. Stop playing. <laughs> Come on now. When you watch Jalen Hurts, he jumps off the screen. He could throw the ball deep, right? And then he can run the ball. So when you have to defend him, it's so much you have to look after. Okay? Yep. The read option, the RPOs. He could, your safety has to always be in the box because you got to know where he's at. So the running game, he can go off. Or the passing game. Look at all the one-on-ones out there on the outside. Why do you think that is? It's because Jalen Hurts can do so much running the ball and throwing the ball. So that's an easy one for me. Easy. It's not nearly as easy for me, America. I love me some oh. Jalen Hurts. I love me some Jalen Hurts. I love me some Jalen Hurts. I like it. Three. Um, but remember, the job of the quarterback is to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers. If I had no playmakers on my team, Jalen Hurts, give me him all day because okay. he is the playmaker. And if the job of the quarterback to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers and you are the playmaker, keep the ball in your hands. But if you got playmakers like Tua does – then give me Tua. Shady, this is why I'm a ride with Tua because Tua going? does you things going? that you I don't see often from other quarterbacks. <laughs> this was against the Bills. Tua, I need you to win this game. He just came back in. This is Tua right here. Watch him manipulate the safety. He's looking left. What that is going to do is move the safety off his spot further to the right. Watch the safety move off his spot. Now pay close attention to this. Tua snaps his head back right. The safety's already moved. By Tua looking left, he creates all of this distance, all of this separation for Jalen Waddle to navigate. If Tua doesn't make that small decision, Shady, this safety is right here picking the ball off or knocking Jalen Waddle's head off. I love Tua, and Tua point me back to the desk. I love Tua nice. because nice. of reasons like that. You said something brilliant. You said that Jalen Hurts' legs occupy the safety. Tua's mind occupies the safety. Instead of him doing it with his legs, he's like, oh, I'm just going to manipulate you, safety. I'll look left, make you go left, and then I'll throw it back right. So if there's a team without playmakers, I got to go with Tua. Joy, where do you stand? Well, I mean, look, we're splitting hairs here. We are. I've been on the Jalen Hurts bandwagon from the beginning. I was early to that party, and I feel really good about it now. And I do love that Jalen has the ability to run. I mean, we looked at the statistics, I believe, yesterday or the day before, comparing to a Jalen Hurts and Herbert, and Tua, I mean, Jalen Hurts can run the ball. We yeah. know that. He's a dual-threat quarterback. But what I like about Tua, particularly this year, and this is why I predicted they would have a better year, is because it's finally his team. Jalen's dealt with a little bit of this. You know, we're still kind of unsure. I mean, a little bit of this has to do with the fact that Howie's there. But, you know, is he the guy? Is he the future? He still kind of has to prove it. In most cases, if you had gone to the playoffs, we'd feel pretty good about it as a young quarterback. Tua has gone through a lot. Let's just examine what Tua has had to deal with in Miami. His first year he comes in off of a devastating injury in college. If I did that to my hip, I'm not doing anything. I tore my ACL. I haven't competed in anything since. That was like eight <laughs> years ago. So for him to come back from an injury like that to play again, it just, just shows what he's made of. He comes in, Fitzpatrick's the starter. Then they bench Fitzpatrick. <clears throat> Nobody wanted Tua in there. Don't rewrite history. Fans didn't want Tua in there. They wanted to stick with Fitzpatrick. They put Tua in. Then they benched Tua. And the next year, he deals with an entire year up until the trade deadline, answering questions about Deshaun Watson the entire time. They also tried to bring in Tom Brady. It's never been his team. Now he's dealing with a new head coach, a new system, new teammates, a first-time head coach in an organization that's had a lot of dysfunction. They haven't won a playoff game in 22 years. And Tua has them 3-0. and Like, you have to look at the scope of what the Dolphins are. I know there's a section of Dolphins fans that want to just pretend like we've been contenders every single year. Like, that's not reality. It's been 22 years since they won a playoff game. Tua is overcoming dysfunction. Like, he's on the field dysfunction. New coaches, new teammates, and he's doing it at a high level and putting up numbers. 
I, I think Jalen Hurts is a leader as well. Like I said, I think we're splitting hairs. But I think what Tua has been able to do to overcome all that as a young player is crazy. I'm excited for a chance to back Jalen Hurts. I, like, <laughs> I've been yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, like, you, get, get used to it, brother. I, yeah. You know what? For, I hope you're right, Shady. Yeah. He, does, he seems like a great guy. Right. He's, he's evolving as a player. He deserves it. I'm not 100% sold. But if I'm building around a team, what does building around a team <clears throat> imply? It implies that you're starting from scratch, mm-hmm. right? So give me the versatile guy. The Eagles, I know they made the playoffs. They were not all that good last year. No. Let's be real. And he, first of all, he got them there. That's Second right. of all, he did it. He didn't have A.J. Brown at the time. Like, they've done a wonderful job of building this offense around him. But he was doing it with guys like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Remember him? I know I do. He was a fourth receiver. I'm just saying, man. Like, that, the <laughs> offense, the offense <laughs> last year was not what we've seen through the first three weeks. Would not you agree all. with You're that? exactly right, son. And he made it work. Exactly the right. running ability is part of it. I hate, I hate how people talk about running like it's a bad thing. Like, stop me then. Like, right. I mean, that, that's part of the package. I do think Jalen Hurts needs to grow a little bit more as a pure passer, but that skill set is plenty to start with. Let me chime in on Shady and Dave, your point. Running is not a bad thing, but Shady, though you thing. may have had your roles, and your Bentley, stop me whenever you want to. Your Lambo, your Maybach, uh, stop know. me whenever you want to. Your Mercedes, <laughs> are you going to stop me at <laughs> any point in time? <laughs> Depends where you go. <laughs> <laughs> Though you may have had all of those things, I would rather fly than drive. Mm. You feel me? Like, Dave, that's where I stand. Okay. I look throughout the course of history at quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, and I ask myself this question. How many times do you pass the ball versus run the ball? What's your yardage look like? And even if y'all look behind you at the big board here, the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, he had six passing yards for every one rushing yard. The next closest is Aaron Rodgers. 11 passing yards for every one rushing yard. Jalen Hurts this season is still at 5.5. I love me a quarterback that can run. But I always say to myself, Dave, why drive when I can fly? And so when I look at stats like that, I'm like, okay, I love that Hurts can run. And no, he's developing as a passer, y'all, because he's has 300 passing yard games and has been balling. Don't you think eventually, Shady, that running ability might run into a brick wall? This, this guy is so funny, man. He puts them, them pictures up there. First of all, it's a new day and age now. It right? is. Because if you look at the, the quarterbacks now that can't run, it's not. A, it's very few of them, right? Mm-hmm. The new day and age quarterbacks, they got to move a little bit. That's one part. And the second part is I played with a guy named Michael Vick. We all think Michael Vick was a heck of a player, right? We got him later in his career. He went to prison and he came yeah. back. Uh, I want to say, what, year, what, nine, eight, nine, yeah, something like that? I think eight. And Vick was known for not really throwing the ball as well, not really reading as much, right? We get a coach like Andy Reid teaches him how to pass the ball. So one part he had is the legs, mm-hmm. right? Then they taught him how to recover just a little better. He was throwing the ball a lot better. That was probably his best year, I think, in my opinion. He was up for the MVP conversations. So my thing with Jalen Hurts is he's a lot younger than Mike at the time. So you're telling me if Nick Sirianni could teach him a little better how to read. He's already showed the improvements this year throwing the ball. Yep, very true. So imagine him in two years. He already can run. Now he can throw the ball and gets better and better reading coverages. He's going to be very, very dangerous. Not for everybody especially for them Cowboys. <laughs> so tell your boys to lock up because we coming. We'll Jalen Hurts, baby, the old way. 0-2 so far. Dave, respond to that. I just – so here's if my thing. And I, I've been – we're on the same side of this one, dude. <laughs> I know, it's, it's like, it's like beef, beef every day. You yeah, know, Cowboys, exactly. Eagles, come on. Typical <laughs> My thing is – that, and look, I, like, we are splitting hairs. Two is playing wonderfully. And, and what do we keep saying, Joy? Like, it, you, you don't penalize players for having good teammates, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not at all. I'm not doing that anymore. But we did see Tua without great receivers – and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's, there's no curveball there. Like, if, if it's not working, that's what Tua is, and it wasn't very pretty. The Eagles literally redesigned their offense to run the ball more because Jalen Hurts can do that. I guess mm. between two guys that I'm not 100% sold on, give me the guy that has a curveball to say, okay, we don't have the weapons outside or their defense is doing this. I know I can basically run read option with Jalen Hurts and have a functioning offense. That's where I'm coming Now, from. Dave, you're not sold on either, but, Joy, from what I've gathered from you over the last two weeks, it appears you're sold on both. Why? Well, with young quarterbacks, you want to see improvement every single year. Well, obviously, it just outlined all the things that Tua overcame. What I like about Jalen is the question was, is he running too much? His accuracy has improved a lot this mm-hmm. year. He is throwing the ball more and better this year. Now, he has better weapons, but so what? That's what you're supposed to do is put better weapons right. around your young quarterback. Tua has better weapons this year, and he's taking advantage of having better weapons. It is a dependent position. We talk so much about receivers and how much it's going to affect them to not play with 
good quarterbacks. A quarterback might be the most dependent position. They're dependent on the running game. They're dependent on their coaching. They're dependent on the offensive line. And they're dependent on if the receivers are where they're supposed to be and catch the ball. Their talent, the speed. So Mm. if you're elevating other good players, that's a positive. If you're elevating a team that doesn't have good players, that's a positive. But you shouldn't have to earn that just because the team hasn't put in pieces around you. This is You want to see improvement every single year. I don't expect you to come into the league and be a Tom Brady and be an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady didn't come into the league as Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That's true. So you have to – we are very impatient, but you have to give young quarterbacks the opportunity to develop. We'll see things in them, and sometimes it's it's not good. Like, we've seen absolute busts, of course. We can all see that. But in this situation – you had, we had questions about Tua, wasn't able to elevate a, a struggling team. We had questions about Jalen Hurts, is he running too much? They're answering the questions now that they're in solid, functioning franchises. As a Dolphins fan, you've been somebody who's watched Tua since he was drafted, may not have been pro Tua, may have been pro Tua, I don't know. But as a Dolphins fan who's watched the ups and downs of Tua, you realize he does have a 17-8 and eight record, but nice. That's nice. he hasn't always looked great. Are you convinced that they should extend him? Because we're talking about $200 million. They're all in their third years, by the way. This is a big money year. Jalen Hurts, third year. Tua, third year. Justin Herbert, third year. Joe Burrow, third year. Have you seen enough in the three games this season and the previous two seasons to say, you know what, Miami, I'd be cool if y'all gave him that $200 million bag. I'm always pro if you think a player is going to keep getting better and is good enough to win right now, which you'll find out this year. Obviously, nobody's getting paid this year. So at the end of the year, if you're winning and he's getting better, I'm always pro playing, paying a player earlier, specifically the quarterback position. Now, a lot of teams don't like to do this because they want that extra year to evaluate. But that usually means you're going to have to write a bigger check. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, What is the wins above replacement? Are you going to start over? And particularly a team like Miami who hasn't had a franchise quarterback since Marino. I mean, you can give me Tannehill if you want, but really since Marino. So you're there with Tua. Like yes. you would say Tua is a franchise guy for the Dolphins. Yes, give, give him some stability. Allow him to grow, to grow and develop. Build on what you have going on this year. Real quick, final thought. Would you say Tua is a franchise guy for the Dolphins? Not yet, but I will say, and I, I completely agree with Joy, the way that I always try to think about this, it's a clock. If, like, ask yourself the question, if you think he's worth signing, the faster you sign that check, the quicker you can get out of it if it doesn't work out, and the less money you're paying. So if that's, I mean, I don't blame the Dolphins if that's how they feel, because guess what? Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. They're under contract, so it's not like he's suddenly going to have to do this on his own. If they feel good about it, <clears throat> I say go for it. I'm not quite there, but what do I, like, who cares about my opinion? I know you ask all the questions yeah. on the show. <laughs> I want to ask you one question. Because you play defense, right? Talk to me. Are you linebacker, you make yes, tackles. Sir. If you had to prepare for Tua or Jalen, who would you rather go against? Great question. I, would, I know it I is. I would rather face Tua, in all honesty. Okay. Jalen so is, that answers your question. Jalen is harder to defend than Tua, and you talk about from a backer position, because you got everybody Come covered. Jalen Hurts will tuck it and run. But – as a defensive coordinator, yeah, okay, even I better. would now rather face Jalen Hurts. He's lying. As a linebacker, He's lying. and I got to get lying. him. To, no, no, I'll, I'll give you like this. Senior Bowl, Russell Wilson, Kellen Moore. They were on the opposing okay, team. Okay. Kellen Moore is the Tua he here. Good back Kellen Moore is the winningest yeah. college football quarterback in the history Still of college is. football. Yeah. Kellen Moore was a beast in college. Russell Wilson, he was okay, up and coming, coming out of Wisconsin, NC State, all the things. Russell Wilson say gave this. me nightmares okay. instead of Kellen Moore. Okay. On the field. Right. Obviously, Russell Wilson turned into who he was. But if I'm a defensive coordinator, what I would do is it's easier for me to scheme against Jalen Hurts than to scheme against Tua. Wow. That's where my answer would lie in the difference. Whoa. I ain't got to get embarrassed as a Whoa. DC. We gonna Y'all miss tackles. We still, <laughs> we still friends. We still friends. Whoa. Coming up, the quarterback chatter is not stopping with the Dolphins or the Eagles. We got to talk about it with the Niners. Hall of Famer Steve Young, he had to weigh in on the drama between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. It's never ending, y'all. And now we got to weigh in on that situation. It's about to get spicy. Wait till you hear what Steve Young said. That's next. What about what you said? <laughs> wow. Welcome back in, family. Now, the unanimous best receiver in football, Devontae Adams. Remember, he was traded from the Packers to not traded. He was moved from the Packers to the Raiders this offseason. $141 million is what he signed for. Coming off two all-pro seasons, five straight Pro Bowls. But he is struggling right now, and the Raiders are winless. Devontae has some words for y'all, America. Devontae, speak up. 
all the Green Bay people will definitely still be on that and talk about, you know, try to compare the stats and all of that. But we're not doing this thing for stats at the end of the day. And obviously we played professional ball together, Aaron and I, longer than what me and Derek have. So, you know, we, we found times to, you know, and it kind of was a little bit more um, gradual than what this was. You know, we jumped straight into the fire, had a few one-on-one opportunities in the, in the first week and got 17 targets. So now people are changing that up, obviously. And, um, you know, we got to change some stuff up too. Packers traded Adam for that second round pick. Shady, I'm coming to you first and okay. foremost um, for this simple reason. We're not doing this thing for stats. That sounds like somebody who ain't got no stats. Nah, I get what he's saying. Like, he wants to win games, and it's new, right? Him and Carr together is a new thing. They haven't played together since, what, 2013? They were in college, so it takes time. He talked about him and Aaron Rodgers where they clicked. It took some time for them to click, so it's just a matter of time. I mean, his stats will come. We still think that he's probably the best wide receiver in football, so it just takes time. But what about the fact that it didn't take time for Tyreek Hill? Ain't taking him no time. That's not true. It took, it took him some time. He busy right now. Well, I'm saying that with Michael Oh, you mean the Dolphins. He getting busy oh, with man. you. Oh, well. Everything is different. Every situation is different. Every team is different. Dave, you're raising your eyebrows. Yeah, Tyree Kill had two <laughs> catches for 33 yards the other day. He's like, top five in receiving yards. I'm just, I'm, Devontae Adams is not struggling. This is yeah. this is what I hate about fantasy football. And I like fantasy football. That's the only reason we're doing this. My guys, Devontae Adams is on pace for 1,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. He's scored every week of the season. The only reason this is a conversation is because he was drafted high in fantasy leagues and people expect him to go for 100 and a touchdown every week. But I don't know. I don't know if that's fully true. Joy, I'm going to get you in here to weigh in, but I was doing the calculations and tabulations myself. Devontae has never had less than 100 yards cumulative in a two-week stretch, dating back to 20 God knows when. So I think it would be a little bit of a lie to say that he's not struggling. He got 189 yards through three weeks. That's one week for him and Aaron Rodgers. He's on a new team with a new quarterback. And also, like he said, I really, Devontae Adams is a great interview. He said it right there. He was like, I went off for 10 catches. Read his stats from week one. They were nuts. They were, they were bizarre. Recency bias, by the way. After week one, the graphics were going that said, Devontae Adams had more yards and catches than anybody on Green Bay's entire yeah. roster. Because yeah. he did. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get out of here with this Dave, crap. Dave is right. It's, it's, it's a poison, fantasy football. We love it. It's, it's one of my favorite poisons. I do it. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, if you, I have Devontae Adams. <laughs> so I feel your frustration if you have Devontae Adams, but it's going to be fine. It is going to work out. They need more time together. I am not concerned about Devontae Adams as much as I'm concerned as the whole rest of this Raiders team. Right. They need a win. They need a dub more than they need Devontae Adams to be the reason why that they're winning. They have other pieces there that should be contributing as well. And it's looking bleak very early for the Las Vegas Raiders. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, they need more time together. Two people who need less time together, Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Why in the world are they still on the same roster? Anyway, they are. Now, Trey Lance, he's out for the year with the thumb injury. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in. He's a starter. 49ers legend, Hall of Famer Steve Young. He doesn't want to hear about fans that are rooting for one quarterback over another, saying, quote, when you got the red and gold on, that's those Niners colors, stop. We're in this together. I don't know if this is a high school musical. We're all in this. Yeah. Anyway, I don't get it. Um, and, I, and in all honesty, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And here is why, Joy. It's not real. Sports, this is a zero-sum game. Winners create losers. Losers create winners. Starters get eight reps in practice in one period session. Backups get four in a 12-minute period session. There is not equality in sports. One team wins the Super Bowl, gets confetti. The other is ushered off the field before the confetti falls. It's not equality. There isn't parity as much as we want there to be. It just doesn't exist. So root for the guys equally. That sounds great on a Hallmark card. But the 49ers don't hand out Hallmark cards. They hand out checks every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So I don't love what Steve Young is saying because I just don't think it's realistic. But where do you stand on it? Well, you also left out that there's no loyalty in mm. professional sports. Really in all sports because college book is kind of professional now as well. True, fair. But there's definitely no loyalty in professional sports because it's what people do for a living. So that removes that ability. There's no loyalty in business. It's just they don't go hand in hand. But the one place where it always needs to be encouraged, and it does exist, is with the fans. So you actually flipped me on my opinion <laughs> because now I am on Steve's side because if he's speaking specifically to Niners fans, I get what he's saying because fans are supposed to be loyal. 
supposed to be blindly loyal to the team, right. to everyone on the team, to support the team, support the players, and then obviously have their opinions and can have their, uh, you know, disagreements with the, what the team is doing. But to be loyal to Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo or want those things is not really helping the team. It's not really changing anything because the organization is going to do what they want to do with Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo and his contract are going to affect things. Trey Lance and his three first-round picks to use to get him is going to affect things. And they're going to be in the same conversation at the end of this year, regardless of how this year goes, unless Jimmy Garoppolo wins a Super Bowl. So when he's speaking to fans, this is actually accurate. Fans should be loyal. Shady, where you stand on it? I agree with Joy. I think that the fans are going to be the fans. For example, right, if, if you trade a player, now it's another team. That franchise will always be that franchise, yep. the 49ers. And Steve Young is talking from a, a place of, Experience. He went through this with Joe Montana. And there were some people that wanted Joe to stay, and some people that wanted Steve Young to be the guy. But a, a quarterback needs the fans to, to, to support him because you don't know how it affect the players. You don't know how it affect the team. Now this guy is, is a quarterback. He's going through his mental. Like, oh, the fans don't want me playing quarterback. It's extra pressure that, that he may can't handle it. Every quarterback is different. You know, so I just think that he was right about, listen, this is our guy. This is our franchise quarterback. Support him. Because if not... He, he may lose games because of the pressure. You never know how it affects you. Dave, final thought. He's 100% right. It's just, it's naive, right? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's too idealistic to, to be true because at the end of the day, what does everyone love? Fans, but everyone. We love, we love being right. You want to be right. And that's what creates these divisions. It's like, you're like, people think that Trey Lance can reach this ceiling and, and we've seen what Jimmy can do. We're not going to do any better than losing a Super Bowl with Jimmy. And, and the pain of those losses drives all of this decision-making. You see it every year with teams that are quote-unquote tanking. You wind up with a section of your fan base that is passionately rooting for you to lose games because they're convinced that's the best way forward. It just is what it is. I don't think it's realistic to expect blind support all of the time with what is at stake in the mind and the heart of a fan, which is like, I, I need that dopamine of winning so badly <laughs> that I will talk myself into weird situations to get there. It's just, it's, it's correct. It's just not realistic. I don't know if I need to be right more than I need my team to win. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to be wrong about something if it means my team is winning. Once you have won, though, once you have reached the end goal, if right. they win the Super Bowl, then every Niner fan that was against Jimmy is like, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I doubted you. <laughs> but if they don't get there, then they go, I was right. We were never going to do this with yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. It's just the way it works. You, I, I, I wish I was a fan like you, bro. I feel like oh. you live the epitome of fan. Come watch LSU football with me. I, that's what it's like. It's, it's, and I mean, it's great, but it's, it can be toxic. It can definitely be toxic. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Coming up, there is so much going on in the NFL this week, but we have to talk about what's going, what does it mean? We're going to spin it forward. Next, talking to Dave, the Chargers, they got several injuries. The Dallas Cowboys are getting players back that might change the trajectory of their season. We're going to spin it forward, and you need to hear about it. That's next. Speak. Welcome back, family. We are just hours away from kicking off week four of the NFL. But before that, there's a lot going on in the league, and I mean a ton. I got to bring in my guy, Dave Hellman, our resident writer, to spin it forward. Because, Dave, you got your eyes on so many things in the league. Let's start with the Chargers. They're on the road against the Texans trying to avoid a one and three start. Spin that forward for me. I've been throwing a pity party about the Chargers for the last week because in addition to losing that game, they lose Rashawn Slater for the year. They lose Joey Bosa. It's bad, man. Then I start thinking, this is where I get excited when I found out what the Chargers were doing. Know, know this name, America. Jamari Salyer. Hmm. Sixth round rookie out of Georgia, who's going to replace Rashawn Slater. Pro Bowl left tackle. Left tackle for the Georgia Bulldogs last year. The national champion Georgia Bulldogs. Who'd they play in the college football playoff? Aiden Hutchinson. Number two overall pick, Jamari Salyer, bossed this guy. So at the very least, look, it's not all as well in Charger land. They need somebody to protect Justin Herbert. And I think this guy might be able to do it. I'm excited to see it. Joy, let me ask you, with the Chargers injuries at left tackle, with the Chargers plagues, injury plagues at receiver, can Justin Herbert overcome this? Do you expect Justin Herbert to overcome this, or is it too much to overcome? This is too much to overcome. I mean, we, we are glossing over all the other injuries. <laughs> I'm not going to bore everyone's heart. So this is too much to overcome. This would be too much for anyone to overcome. We've seen young quarterbacks in this situation before. 
It just is the bug this year for the Chargers. It's it's too much because it's not the guys are just banged up. They're not getting guys, key guys back for either a long period of time or the rest of the season. Shady Herbert is your guy. Can he overcome it or too much? That's going to be a lot. I think um, he can overcome maybe this week, yeah. right? They got, they got Texas. The, the Texans. They played the Bears in the toilet bowl last week. So <laughs> he's here to win that game. But for the whole year, ah, I'm not sure. It's a lot of injuries. The toilet bowl. What do you win if you win the toilet bowl? You don't want to know. That's a, <laughs> that's a good question. Hey. All right, we got to move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Because the Cowboys, they get the Washington Commanders this week. But – they get more than that on offense. Dave, talk to me about it. Spin it forward. How's this for a 180? Like, I mean, I was as down on the Cowboys as anybody after that disaster in week one. A big part of this is because we knew their receiver core was lacking. Michael Gallup's been recovering from an ACL. My guy is practicing. He's practicing fully for the Cowboys. Can't guarantee it. I think he's going to play against the Commanders on Sunday. And if he does... I mean, you got to give him some grace. He's coming back from an ACL. But that's a nice little one-two punch with Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Throw in Dalton Schultz, who might play. Between Gallup and, and Dalton Schultz, that's $70 million in money that they gave. $70 million. I mean, that's going to help Cooper Rush a lot if and both of them can play. 1,800 yards if you're talking about those receivers at their apexes. Dalton Schultz gave you 800 yards. Michael Gallup has given you 1,000 before. Joy, how much better can the Cowboys be with those additions but still without Dak? That was a, it was a little bit of a soft uh, excitement. Like, excited, but I don't expect a lot from players coming off, right off of injuries game, in games immediately sure. after they come back. True. I, they'll probably be on a pitch count. I wouldn't get too excited. I, I have him in fantasy. I'm probably going to leave him on the bench because you shouldn't expect too much from players that are coming right off of injuries, specifically skill positions. Where you at? It, can the Cowboys get significantly better with Dalton Schultz, with Michael Gallup, but still without Dak? I well, know you love Cooper Rush. I, I think Dallas can, can, can get better, for sure. It's not because of Mike Gallup coming back from injury. It's because it's rush hour. Cooper Rush <laughs> and another game of experience, right? Get more experience each game, letting the playbook get bigger and bigger for him because he's already playing pretty well. So, yeah, I think Dallas can be a lot, lot better. Speaking of getting better, we got to get to maybe the best matchup of the weekend. The sneaky best matchup of the weekend. The Philadelphia Eagles are undefeated. They're hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dave, spin this one forward. Watch what you say now, Dave. No, this is the best game of the weekend, and I'm I'm so excited about that. Look, I know the Bills are playing the Ravens, and I know the Chiefs are playing the Bucks. The loser of that game is still going to be 2-2. We're talking about an undefeated team. The Eagles might be the only undefeated team in the league by the end of tonight. We'll see what happens with the Dolphins going against the Jags team that just whooped the Chargers. Mm. You imagine if Doug Peterson goes into Philly and knocks them off to improve the Jags to 3-1. and one. One, if, of, one, of about, one of about three teams in the league that I don't think anybody was really giving a chance. The Jags would be the hottest team in the league on Monday morning mm-hmm. if they win this game. And even if Philly wins, they have a chance to be the last unbeaten in the league. This is the game I want to see more than any other game. Let me ask you this before I ask everyone the same question. Who is this a bigger statement game for? The Jags that could be 3-1 and one with a win over the best team in football? Or the Eagles that could be 4-0, and oh, maybe the only 4-0 and oh team under second-year starter Jalen Hurts? It's too good of a story. Again, like literally, I remember doing a segment in the summer that was basically like, ah, everybody but the Jags has a chance. Like, for the Jags to go from written off to knocking off an undefeated team, 3-1, and one, Trevor Lawrence is looking like a beast. Christian Kirk making a lot of people feel dumb about making fun of his contract. Defense full of dogs. Like, this, I, I'm I'm a Jags buyer, and if they if they do this, I'm going to be real excited. Joy, who they can make a bigger statement in the win, the Jags or the Eagles? Yeah, it, it's got to be Jacksonville. I mean, the Eagles have had an unbelievable start. But if Jacksonville wins this game, we all have to recognize the turnaround that has happened oh, yeah. with that organization. And you've got Trevor Lawrence, who was the biggest name in the draft, now playing well. They're building something. It's, it's definitely a much bigger win for Jacksonville. And how's that Philly radio going to be? If they lose to Dougie P? Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, we love Doug in Philadelphia, right? We so do. it's all love. He got a Not statue. He knocks you off. He has a statue. He does have a statue. Statue next to Rocky. Not the statue next to Rocky. So, and it shows you what type of coach Doug Peterson really is. Yep. You see, he has the Jaguars playing. But bigger statement. The bigger statement is in Philadelphia. You know why? Because we ride on this high horse right now. We're winning games, True. looking good. But this probably be our best competition and best team we played against is the Jaguars. So to get a big win like this, and we'll probably do it in big fashion. You know, a couple sacks, a couple touchdowns, about fourteen. I don't know. Big win. <laughs> 
Let's go, birds. Can I do it real quick? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 let's go. You can do whatever you want. It's your show. Coming up, Joe Burrow and the Bengals have only won one game this season. Mm. Who is tonight a must win against the Dolphins? Joe Burrow is looking bleak, big dog. We will answer that when we return on Speak. If you go one and four, 8% chance you make the playoffs. Quick hint. Go one and three, 14% chance. Welcome back, family. A little bit of drama before tonight's matchup. Remember, the Dolphins, Bengals, it's going to have some spice. Tyree Kill, he will line up against Eli Apple. Eli Apple beat Tyree Kill when he was on the Chiefs last season and talked a little bit of noise afterwards. Tyreek said, quote, I owe you. Well, Tyreek's quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, had some words of his own. Oh, Tua, you talking? Speak up then. You know, if Tyreek is matched up with him and, and we call a play for Tyreek and it's one-on-one, I'm, I'm giving Tyreek a shot. Just know that he is getting the ball. Okay, Tua. I mean, you guys ain't surprised. Joy, uh, I need to hear from you, Joy. I, is- I love it. I, I really love Tua and Tyreek's connection. Like, they they got each other for real. So we heard Tyreek talking on his podcast all offseason. Obviously, the biggest news that he made was him saying that Tua is a more accurate quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I'm here for it. I love a little trash talk. Make it spicy. Uh, if you see Eli Apple against Tyreek, it's like this. All week we said in the huddle, if you see him, what's his number? I don't know his number. What's his number? 24? Uh, 20-something. Eli Apple, look, tap your hat. That means, ladies and gentlemen, we are going deep wherever you're at. He's on me one-on-one. Go up top. I was feeling real good. I, I, I picked the Bengals to win this game, but in light of this segment, I, I don't feel very good about it. I don't feel very good about it. Well, let's talk about this game because, as we know, the Bengals only have one win on the season, and that win was against the New York Jets. The New York Jets currently starting a back up quarterback. Miami, on the other hand, they are 3-0. and It is ugly between the Bengals and Dolphins when you think about the success one organization's had this year and the failure and letdown another organization has had this year, that organization being the Bengals. Dave, I'm coming to you first on this one. Is tonight's game a must-win game for the Bengals? It absolutely is. You threw the numbers up at the end of the last segment. What was it? Like 14%? Through 1-3. and 3. Yes. 1-3, and 3, 14%. To make the playoffs. The Bengals have never made the playoffs when they've been 1-3. and 3. That's never happened. Uh, yeah, this is a must-win game. And oh, by the way, if they don't win, they go at Baltimore next week. You, the Ravens probably have something for the Bengals the way that, the Dolph, uh, the way that Tyreek Hill has something for Eli Apple. Remember the way those <laughs> games went last year? The Ravens want to beat the Bengals. They can't afford to go into Baltimore at one and three. And again, like, I don't care about Joe Burrow's legacy or any of that stuff. If they want to make the playoffs, like the here and now during this season, they got to win this game. Joy, must win. Yeah, for the Bengals, absolutely. Again, I don't know that this is a legacy game for Tua or for Joe Burrow. I mean, it would be nice, but we're really looking at what's going on this season in the AFC. I expected the Bengals to start the season much better than they did. A game over the Jets doesn't change my opinion of how the Bengals are playing right now. That's not an accomplishment. Yes, obviously, it's hard to win games in the league, but you should win that game, just like they should win tonight. I'm picking the Dolphins to win, but this is a game by all accounts that the Bengals should win. It's at home. The Dolphins defense was on the field for 40 minutes in the blazing heat against the Buffalo Bills on a short week on the road. This is a game the Bengals, if they're for real, should win. You don't have to win convincingly, but you should get the dub Clarify something for me. If the Bengals should win and you've given all the reasons as to why they should and or will, why are you still riding with the Dolphins outside of fan loyalty? I think they're better right now. I think they're a better team. All things considered. They're even play- short week, two yes. was hurt, all the things. I think, they're, I think they are playing with more momentum and they're a better team right now. But that's why the Bengals should win if they, are, if they are what we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Now, Shady, you never thought much of the Bengals. You yeah. are the one who has on record gone out and said, you know what, I think they are going to decline this year. Yeah. And they have thus far declined this I'll year. Be right. so you right. have been right, okay. absolutely, okay. big dog. Um, I'm back. Is tonight, <laughs> you're going to rip your suit. Let me do it. is kind of tight. <laughs> um, it's tonight a must-win game for the Bengals. It's a must-win for the Bengals. They have to win this game. They only beat the Jets, right? And we don't think much about the Jets. I just feel like this. A young team with so much success to ask them to go back to the playoffs, ask them to go back to the Super Bowl, it's hard to do. And if you look at this team, Joe Burrow is a heck of a quarterback. I give him a lot of respect, a lot of love. And his wide receiver core is solid with a great running back in the backfield. And they have to win this game. It's a Thursday night game, which is hard game to win overall. Right, and then you're at home. 
He got to win that game. Because if they don't win this game. There we go. If they don't win, it, what's it mean? It's going to look ugly for them boys. It's going to look like Shady was right. That's not the worst thing in the world. Well, I mean, I am always right. Not good for them. Not good for <laughs> if the they Bengals. don't win, Dave, what's it mean? No playoffs. It means they're, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, man. Again, like, and this is a team that already has lost a division game. I know this isn't a division game, but they lost to the Steelers. Hard to feel good about them going to Baltimore and beating that team mm. if they can't win this game. They're in trouble. They're up a creek if they can't. Like, they need to be able to – like, you don't, you don't have to win five, six games in a row, but you can't afford to spend too much of the season multiple games below 500, especially – I mean, how many times have we talked about all the killers in the AFC? And now, like, we got to worry about teams like Jacksonville, like teams we weren't even talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a loaded conference. Joy, you can't afford it. I'm going to come to you not with the hot take but with an interesting take. You should remember this having been on TV for the longest time. Does Joe Burrow potentially run the risk of becoming Jared Goff if they struggle? <laughs> we laugh. I'm not laughing. I'm upset. No, I'm no, no, no. That's, that's, that's oh, extreme. Wait for us to get the chuckles Ooh. out. Jared Goff, 28 and 7 touchdown interceptions. Jared oh. Goff, 32 to 7 touchdown interceptions. Jared Goff, 3,800 passing yards. And the next season, Jared Goff, 4,700 passing yards. Jared Goff, 11 and 4 record. The next season, Jared Goff, 13 and 3 record. Super Bowl loss. Post Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. Back to back, back to back. Head coach for the Bengals, Zach Taylor, under the Sean McVay coaching tree. Is there a chance Get him, Joy. that Joe Burrow flirts with being a flash in a pan like J- Jared Goff was a flash in a pan? No, no, because we, we have eyeballs. And even when Jared Goff was having success, we were giving Sean McVay the credit for what that offense looked like and what he was able to do in it. And we now have the contrast of watching Jared Goff with an organization that's not the Los Angeles Rams, and doesn't have Sean McVay. And even though I like the Lions more this year than I did last year, he's still Jared Goff. Like, the, the credit was going to Sean McVay. Oh. He went to Cincinnati and elevated the Cincinnati Bengals, who, again, we don't need to go into the details, but we all know what the Cincinnati Bengals were for many years. Don't give me Andy Dalton. Like, they are, they are a habitually dysfunctional organization that would go to the playoffs and do nothing. So what he's done and what we've seen him do is different than Jared Goff. I don't think it's over for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow if they have a down year this year. Jared Goff, I'm being very literal. I'm not talking about the pressure that we put on teams. Jared Goff can't handle pressure. Like, he can't handle it when defenses put pressure on him. That is how Joe Burrow thrives. Joe Burrow's whole thing is getting away from the blitzer, escaping the pocket when he needs to. Doesn't always work for him, but that's how he has made his bread and butter. He got to the Super Bowl. No. Think about it. He's been sacked more than anybody in the last year and a half. And it's not just because his O-line is terrible. I literally was watching the tape getting a haircut before today's show. He's trying to do too much. Doesn't it hurt him at times? We can, yes, we can criticize Joe Burrow for those things. And some of the sacks he takes are on him. He still got to a Super Bowl navigating a disaster of an offensive line. Jared Goff got to a Super Bowl behind a fantastic Rams offensive line. By the way, Rams offensive line, not so great this year. And even with Matthew Stafford, their offense hasn't looked like all that. They have been struggling. You really say golf, bro? At, Two Pro Bowls. That's, that's, oh, that ain't that ain't. Forty-seven hundred yards twice. Oh, would you take Jared Goff over Joe Burrow? No, absolutely. Not. Nobody probably right, would. Just making sure. You, took, you, you turned shady. But <laughs> 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 into a Bengals. Yeah, lover. shady. Oh, James, like that's a step too far. That's a step too far. We gotta go. Coming up, something very, very, very rare happened in the NFL today. It hasn't happened since November of 1990. I cannot wait to tell you what it is. That's next on Speed. It's time for my final thought. Thought. I smiled when I saw the news that Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson were the two quarterbacks named as Offensive Player of the Month. Why did I smile? Because it was the first time since my birth month and year, November 1990, when Randall Cunningham, along with Warren Moon, were named Quarterbacks of the Month and Offensive Players of the Month. Pretty marvelous when you think about it and you talk about the rise of the black quarterback. So once again, I tip my hat to you, Jalen Hurts, and you, Lamar Jackson. Y'all keep it up. We'll see y'all tomorrow.